Listen up, Gotham. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ooh. Hi, Puns, it's me, Harley Quinn. This is Batman. This is Robin. Tune into the Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast with Sammy Warmhands. With Sammy Warmhands. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. Bat Fanatic Podcast. Although, Sam, you might think about changing the name. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic Podcast. As always, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ben and Evan, and today we are diving back in to DC Black Label. First, I'd like to shout out our Season 3 sponsor, The Nando Knight. You can follow on Instagram at The Nando Knight, that's K-N-I-G-H-T, or on shortboxed.com slash T-N-K comics good friend of the show for a long, long time. Now, we are back to Black Label. As I said, this is a realistic and very unique retelling of Harley and the Joker. It's written by Cami Garcia with a plethora of great artists. It's called Criminal Sanity. Test, 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 test. What in the butt? Hello. What What, what, what in the the butt? butt? Wow. What Uh What, what in the butt? Uh, Yeah. What, what? In the butt. Uh, uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping that whole thing. <laughs> Perfect introduction. That was Evan Vaught on the mic. Yo, everybody. Ben Polanski on the pillow. Hi. And I am the guy who already did the intro. Now, we have made the mistake of not only cramming two episodes in today, but talking for an hour and a half before we start. So get ready for some tired <laughs> Good guys. Good to go. This is Joker slash Harley. Not a great, whatever you want to call it, pre- prefix, prefix. What the fuck? Prefix? I'm sorry. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. <laughs> no. I'm out of broadcasting. Uh, subtitle? No, because that would be it. like, uh, you know, Joker, Harley, Criminal Sanity, The Joker's Wild. Aqua you know. Teen Hunger Force, colon. Movie film for theaters. Yes. No, there are, there are other things like this that have names like this. They're like, why? Pick one. I think it's prefix. Well, like Joker, Harley, that's the title. And then Dead and Loving It is the <laughs> thing that comes after the colon. Second you time. can't let that one go. Uh, you like that one. It sounds so good. All right. I don't care what it applies to. This is Criminal Sanity, a run that went from 2019 through 2020. And I'm going to speak specifically about the 2021 hardcover. This is written by Cami Garcia with artwork by Miko Soyan and Jason Bedauer and Mike Mayhew. Artwork in the Secret Files issue by Cat Staggs is colored by Annette Kwok, lettered by Comicraft, both Richard Starkings and Tyler Smith. That guy's done other things, right? Richard, Richard Starkings? Starkings? Yeah. I've recognized his oh, name. Yeah. In uh, are you making a joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah a joke okay. It's not yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's done a lot of stuff. With trade cover art by Francesco Mattina. Don't forget about Ed Kurz with the forensic consultation. Oh, look at that. Which I thought was super cool. Cami Garcia, I believe, is uh, the daughter of a detective. Andy Garcia. No. No. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so she... <laughs> dead you know, That's Jerry Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> Already more knowledge of this stuff. My favorite Ocean's Eleven character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, hey, he was in Half Baked, if I recall. Andy Garcia. Jerry. Oh, yeah. Man, <laughs> thank you. 
Now, I particularly love this oversized hardcover. It's fucking giant. It's fantastic. Mine is signed by Cami Garcia. It Can says, I touch it? I can't wait to says, get my greasy fingerprints on it. Yeah. Murder is an art. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also what? signed by Cat Staggs, who I met at separate conventions last year. Yeah, there were times in this book where it's like, so I've said before, many years ago in this podcast, <laughs> how much I love the show Hannibal. I like the yes. sounds of lambs and all mm -hmm. that, but I really love that show. But like part of it is like, this is sort of gross. Who would like this? <laughs> yeah. And that's that quote that you just read and also this whole book at times is like, this is she would like this. Why did this person write this? Yeah, and they address uh, our like current fascination yep. with yeah. this stuff. The amazing thing to me, and I'm not sure if that extends to the digital, if they replaced all versions of it or what, but in the short time, I think it was less than a year, that the run ended and the hardcover came out, they were retouching the artwork. Hmm. So the final product here is actually different than the floppies over in my box over what, there. If you, hmm. Can you describe the changes? Um, no, because I haven't looked at it in a long time to I compare. I mean, was the idea to make it better? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They just felt like you know they were already doing something really cool, but... We want the big fucking burly one just to look as that much better. And so sure. I don't know if it's like a remastering process or what. I didn't actually read it again, but there's I had a always passage in the book about it. For there to be stormtroopers riding sand lizards <laughs> yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Ewoks to be I just doing wasn't acrobatics capable in the background. at that time. The exactly. technology didn't exist. I wanted a singing alien in this scene. And yeah, and I've noticed ugh. all those spots in this book, they stand out like a sore thumb. It's like, wow, this. That's not the phrase. They stick out uh -huh. like a sore thumb because you can really tell when those CGI characters show up and it's weird given the tone of this story. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like everything is super real, but then... Yeah, to, to bring back Jabba a silly calendar by. man yeah. in this kind of story. Yeah, the Condiment King cameo was <laughs> unexpected. But he was squirting human blood out of these things, so it didn't yeah. fit. Now, I want to ask you guys, because I believe you're both new to this story, just initial reaction when you sat down with it. Any, come on, we always start with this question. It's not a surprise. I don't have reactions to things. I can see the whole thing and then I think about it. I'm not like you guys. I'm not knee-jerk. Okay. Uh, I was, right. you had told me about it, so I kind of knew, because you literally said it's kind of like, yeah, Hannibal, she's Will Graham and he's Hannibal Lecter sort of. And yeah. My first thought was the art of just like, this has that look, especially when you get the color sections, mm -hmm. which is weird. Are they illustrated by the same people? No. The black and the white in the color sections? No. So like the so, color stuff, that's Mike Mayhew in this early part. Yeah, which was my introduction to Mike Mayhew. Uh -huh. So I was just like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah, well, I've never read anything he's done, but I follow him well, on he Instagram. usually does covers. Yeah, so I've seen mm -hmm. his work over and over, and it was like, that was a little jarring only because... His work is fantastic, but like a lot of the ultra-realistic people, like Alex Ross and some of those. Or Warren Lau. Or, yeah, mm -hmm. where like some of these scenes, I, I can't help but see a model, mm -hmm. like a person in a room standing just so, and then someone paints it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wondered when I was first looking at it, is this a photo? And yes. I'm looking at it, I'm like, is this a manipulated photo? And I'm looking closer, I'm like... No, this is fucking, holy shit. Like, I have never seen an interior like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what ends up being jarring about those kind of things, and I do love it, because, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. But because it is so real, I have, like, thoughts in those scenes, especially, like, when a comic 
is showing a character and they're talking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just on their face. Usually their mouth is closed because it's supposed to, you're, you have a point in time where they're like mid word or something. Not necessarily because there's one here where she's doing this. But a lot of times someone's talking and their mouth is closed. That's just very common. When it's so realistic. Now hold your mouth just so. Yeah. It just, it's. Uh, and it's, don't move. But. Uh, that sounds dirty, but I didn't so, mean it. <laughs> so that, as far as like first thoughts go, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And also it's a little jarring. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I appreciate the uniqueness of the format. I just want a room covered in Mike Mayhew pinups, but that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it's like this the whole time. I'll, I'll see again as we go through it, but I thought that it was interesting that the present day is presented in black and white and the flashbacks are in color. Yeah, Because usually love the it would inversion. be the opposite. Is that even consistent, though? Aren't there times no, later where there's I like... No, I think in the end it changes. I th in For the most yeah, part, though, that is that's the objective. That's like this guy's art. And the other guys are, and that happens to be the case. Like this is just um, this person does black and white stuff. Mm, uh, yeah. But and I think that later on it doesn't follow that necessarily. But that's how like the beginning seems to me is that all the flashbacks are in color. Well, yeah, not the majority a bit of it. The majority of it does follow that model. I think it's the past until the color. Mm. yeah. Mm. And that that was one of the things that really appealed to me is that we're in this you know, Sin City, black and white, detective, noir thing. Mm. And then when you flash back, it's like, oh, when life was life for her, uh -huh. you know, and everything's vivid uh, and and, sure. and real. And then, you know, cut back to this Same thing with Joker. stark, horrible so you first shit. First had that excitement of, you know, kidnapping and mutilating people. Life was vivid <laughs> and brilliant. And then now yeah, it was just fun kinda, and there was innocence. Just working, you know? yeah. I'm, just, I'm just discovering myself. You know, it's a coming of age tale for him. But that threw me a little bit too that, in the later color stuff, that's this the, the the regular artist. No, but that's not Mike Mayhew either. That's somebody no. else. No, yeah, so when else. Nico does the bulk of the story, all the black and white, mm -hmm. and it's beautifully rendered, right? Yeah. But then the initial flashbacks in the first, I think, two issues are Mike, and then moving forward, he leaves, and Jason replaces him. Uh -huh. So you'll notice that. While they look very good, there's an element of comic booky. They don't have the dimension and the three dimensionality, three dimensionality <laughs> that Mike Mayhew's work does. Yeah, and I think it hits it at times where it is that amazing, striking reality and emotion in a face here and there. But for the most part, that bar is impossibly high. Yeah, they do a very good job. But yeah, that was. I think if you're going to have a book with multiple artists, to use it in this way is the best way you could do that. But the fact that they lost him halfway through did bum me out. Yeah, because I almost thought it was like, oh, maybe he like, he just switched away from digital. Oh, did he die? He died. No. <laughs> they killed him. Oh, my God. So now that we've done our cons, um, <laughs> I'm going to start with the story. It opens with Dr. Harley Quinn. Get your chuckles out of the way now. Looking over. Oh. Is that how you guys laugh? That's from Star Wars, guys. Oh my God. This is fun. <laughs> She's looking over case files and a leather jacket. And the first page is already a departure from what we've seen from her in the past. She likens psychopaths to apex predators, saying that they are the top of their respective food chain and can easily blend in to stalk their prey. They have no guilt or remorse, and they live only for the hunt. This is Harley Quinn 
Mind Hunter. <laughs> or, Having just watched that show, it's very Harley Quinn, Hannibal. Did you mention that show before? I wonder uh, if a few times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it sounded familiar. Well, that's why in the either from five minutes ago or a previous <laughs> many other times. Before. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It maybe took me a little. I'm gonna say maybe like it's a mystery. It took me a little bit to fully get into this, <laughs> only because this intro chunk feels so much like that, mm-hmm. and also the thing of like, oh Maddox, you always suck. You haven't done like the, where there a lot of exposition early on in these conversations where like you probably wouldn't be saying this. You guys already know all this stuff, but it's for our our the reader's benefit. Yeah, it's interesting because I get the feeling that her and Gordon have a semi-new relationship, but also that she's been around enough to have worked on other cases with Maddox Will Graham. in the past. So yes, I don't know. Somewhere on the spectrum, but who even knows where? Is that blah, blah, like, it just feels like <laughs> the beginning of a serial killer cop show. God forbid it feels like the beginning. That would <laughs> No, suck. I just, the, the tropes of the beginning <laughs> of those things are like... She discusses you son of a bitch. You never saw the case in your life. <laughs> she discusses the crime scene photos with Gordon, saying that she previously consulted with Maddox, who is working on this case, and he's either lazy or incompetent. Gordon then drops the bomb, saying that the police chief wants to pad the homicide numbers by reclassifying any stagnant investigations as a cold case. Now, that seems pretty standard, but then her reaction says a lot, saying, Edie's case? What would you do if you found your wife floating dead in the fucking bathtub? And so very quickly, we're learning her motivations. There's something behind this. It's usually later, it's like, why'd you become a cop? You know, but it's like right out in front. No, three pages in. have a question. Yes, God damn it. But it might be more appropriate for much later because this is when the question popped into my head. It's more personal. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get to know each other better. Yeah. Where does the pee-pee go? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to tell you, it's uh, all dependent on how adventurous you're willing (laughs) to get because um, there are options. Okay. The first flashback, we switched to Mike Mayhew, begins with a college-age Harley coming home in her blue scrubs, saying, Edie, I'm home. She grabs some takeout from the fridge, keeps talking uh, to an unseen roommate from the kitchen. And she notes that it smells like bleach, uh, perhaps that of a cleaning binge. And she sees that the fortune cookies have all been cracked open with their contents nowhere to be found. In the bathroom, she finds Edie bound and bled out in the tub. She has a Joker smile on her face, which we learned from the police is a wire hanger that's bent and inserted behind her lips to contort her expression. Grotesque. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. And another med student, one floor below, was also killed, along with her father, who happened to be visiting at the time. Nothing was missing except for some books on surgical procedures. Cut back to present, and Harley leaves Gordon's office trading verbal blows with a surly detective who we can assume is Maddox. And we learn that she's a genius who graduated high school at 14. This is like, that's what I mean of the, uh, okay, Harry Potter, just because your kid, your parents were killed in a car crash <laughs> and then you were the chosen one and now you're, it's like, okay. I mean, this is the Batman universe, okay? We've, <laughs> yeah. we've heard the Wayne story a lot of times. Yeah, I think yeah. it's okay. But you wouldn't be saying that stuff in a conversation <laughs> with a person that you already know about. <laughs> Back at her apartment, we get a fiery boxing workout 
before Harley sits down with the very first Joker case all over again. His first victim is a small-time hitman named Mick Kelly. Harley tracks down a neighbor named Gina at the bar where she works. She says that Mick changed after his wife died. We get another flashback here. Mick and his wife, Julia, who, again, is stunningly beautiful. Uh, these, these Mike May renderings, particularly of the, the women, are just like, yeah. I cannot look away. These casual people, one of whom is like the most attractive person you've ever seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. The toy store, buying some toys. <laughs> and they are taking their son shopping for his birthday. John does not want a BB gun or a hockey stick, his father's recommendation. They also sound a lot cheaper and something that wouldn't be found in an electronics store. But he's interested in computer processors and robotics. Mick shows no interest, says, I don't need to know how it works, kind of cutting him off. But I don't says, care about this stupid nerd shit. Yeah, but I'll buy you whatever you want. Outside, they're cornered by some mob-looking guys who force Mick to take a walk. He hands over his keys, and Julia takes John to the car. On the ride, he hums London Bridge in the back seat, and she asks, what's wrong? You only sing that song when something's up. Just then, Batman flies by on a motorcycle and knocks their car off the bridge into the water. Essentially. He scares a truck driver who knocks their car. Yeah, still. The fact that he has no idea. Yeah, and this is <laughs> yeah. like a uh, one of those portrayals of Batman... Like a lot of these black label things, like, you're actually bad. He's kind of a cocksucker, though, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even more so because he doesn't seem to show up anywhere after that. Like, whoever he was chasing was more important than the car that he just made go off the bridge. They probably heard or saw he's in not, the rearview mirror. Or yeah, side yeah mirror. it's not like part of the rescue scene. Um, it sucks he, for you. Yeah, yeah, sorry, buddy. And that's funny that that's his only real appearance in the comic. Yeah, major spoiler alert here. If you haven't read the book, I'll say it right now. Pause. Spoiler alert. But once again, Batman created the Joker. (laughs) Yeah. Word. John swims to the surface, but Julia drowns in the car. When Mick arrives, he blames his son, asking, why didn't you save her? Classy guy. What a, yeah, what a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he dies. Yeah, like like a child is even capable of swimming with a full-grown adult. Or reacting in that kind of situation anyway. Yeah. Did that even yeah. survive? Wow, that's miraculous. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This guy seems like a bad guy. Just uh, this stuff is awesome in the detail, but the drowning of the woman. Yeah, and well, the part yeah, you like. but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but the like the th- her veins are like running blue, uh-huh. like in her face. That's just a crazy detail. Yeah, how did Mike Mayhew get a model for this? What's this guy really? Did up he? For? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he? <laughs> Is Maybe. that why he doesn't do much more work in yeah. interiors? <laughs> he got found a bad reputation. To move away. Back to present day. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. We're kidding. We like you, Mike. Gina says that after Julia's death, Mick would beat his son all the time. And she wasn't sorry when he died. Harley asks who else might have heard the screams, but learns that John never did scream. He just took the beatings. And when his dad was killed, John disappeared. Harley gets a text to go to the cemetery. There's a new body with extra limbs sewn on. She remarks that dismemberment indicates a high degree of psychopathy and that the ritual involved indicates experience. Maddox dismisses her presence at the crime scene, saying, we don't need her to tell us this is a cult murder, saying it's a satanic symbol. 
and she says, you know, did you ever take art history? Because that's Da Vinci's Vertuvian man. Do I look like a pussy? Yeah. Yeah. He's a super cool guy. I was drinking beers and banging chicks. <laughs> <laughs> and reading books. <laughs> Beer pong. <laughs> See, uh, what, what was that guy's name? Kavanaugh? Is he <laughs> Kavanaugh? Okay. <laughs> Harley gives a lecture at Gotham University. She speaks with the, uh, she speaks of the pervasive cultural obsession with serial killers and how it creates this misconception that all killers are psychotic or insane, specifying that being psychotic involves delusions and hallucinations. To determine one is criminally insane, she says, they must either be out of touch with reality or unable to stop themselves, according to the law. I like that she makes that distinction. And this part fucked me up when I first read it. This is the part. Oh, I, you're talking I about like that, that, distinct, that description of you, you mean? Yeah, yeah thanks. Like, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. No, because she gives examples Real here life examples. That I didn't know were real. The first two examples I didn't recognize. Yeah. What? And then the second two, I'm like, these are fucking famous. And I Googled the other two. I'm like, oh, I just read the grossest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. And that happened. Yeah, Ed, Ed Gein is like the basis of... Leatherface and Hannibal and like a bunch of serial killers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, Buffalo Bill because he's making that dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is where I'm talking. And again, as someone who like likes the genre, yeah, the, the stories are interesting. They're compelling and they're kind of upsetting and whatever. But like as I'm looking at this lovingly rendered yeah. <laughs> picture of these horrible <laughs> people, I'm like, this is. It feels strange. It makes yes. Ed Ed has kind eyes. <laughs> so so well rendered. Yeah, this is actually the part where I didn't um, take specific notes. Sure, you uh, don't need to get much. the picture. So yeah. I I I wrote here that Harley cites cases of schizophrenic cannibalism and grave robbing in contrast with well-known killers like Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy, mm. illustrating that depraved behavior doesn't make a psychotic killer yeah if he knew what he was doing it doesn't count yeah uh, and the fact that citing these things ties this to our actual universe i think is cool there, there's a couple different times where they do that where they talk about um these guys where they talk about firefly in this yeah. in this real life pyromaniac mm. and i just think that that's cool because it's really easy to this is batman universe this is not my universe um, not only is this a pretty realistic story, but also apparently it exists in our world. Yeah, and I think that what she does here is really smart because at this point in the story, we've already had the sort of art revelation of like, wow, I've never seen anything quite like this. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. But at this point in the story, she's making a commentary in this lecture about America's obsession with this kind of shit. And she's then reminding us of the true real life evil, right? And in this story, like, okay, we're here because it's a Joker story and it's dark and gritty and whatever. And she's sort of making the effort to be like, these guys aren't cool. You don't want to date the Joker, idiot. He's yeah. like them. You don't want to be the Joker, exactly. idiot. Yeah. He is not cool. This is a fucked up person. This is how a fucked up person might think. And this is the company he keeps in history. It's not like a heavy-handed statement, but I feel like pulling out these examples is sort of going like, let's not pretend that this guy is cool or something to, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, even though there's like to. a freaking sick shot of him walking up in that yeah, leather jacket. Yeah, even though he's hella hot. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely goes the, back I and forth. I would let him pin me to a wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it at once is that kind of story, but I think because it sort of calls that out in the beginning and, and the way the scene ends as well, uh, calls this out. Isn't a, this that isn't sort of, a story that makes the Joker look good. These aren't the sexual <laughs> Yeah, these are the ones that you're looking for. <laughs> but but I, I just think it's cool to make a distinction on some level as we're walking into this universe of like, yep, we're going to go into all this shit, but by the way, like, this ain't cool because we're mm-hmm. taking it to this extreme. This is going like, this is how these type of people are in our world, and therefore that's how he is in our story. Mm. It's funny because with our next episode, it does the same thing, but just in a different direction where it's like, <laughs> this is a story about Batman, sort of, or Batman's world, but also not. This is really a story about like a serial killer and that kind of stuff. So the Joker in this isn't like that Joker. And the same way that the Joker in Lego Batman is not like the Joker in Batman. He's just like a Lego movie character Mm -hmm. who looks like the Joker. Yeah, There's that same kind of like, well, this is half a Batman story and 75% a different story. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's one of the things I liked about it is that about Lego it, Batman. No, about this <laughs> the killings. Is in that it. It, <laughs> yeah, the murders in Lego Batman were gruesome, but this doesn't make any effort to really root itself in the comic book Gotham. It's got a bit of like a Todd Phillips Joker of just like. No, we're just going to throw this guy out in the world, mm-hmm. you know? And I fluctuated back and forth whether that worked for me. Yeah. There are times where I was like this, like literally what I just said, where it's like, this kind of feels like you just made your own story about a killer and you painted him as the Joker. Yeah. And here's this this woman who's a profiler and she just happens to be Harley Quinn. Like, See, at times I felt that, not that always. That was harder for me to swallow when you were holding the back of my head. But <laughs> when I first... So- Heard about There's so this. many things I want to say to you right now. <laughs> I love you. That's the first one. <laughs> I'll dry your tears. Um, but when this first came out, it was around the same time that Harleen was coming out and some other black label titles sort of in the initial run of them. And I remember hearing about it going, so it's a Joker Harley book, but he's like a Dexter villain serial killer and she's like a consultant for She's the police yeah yeah and this i was like i don't know and so i didn't buy it right oh. away and i was like i'm gonna wait for the trade on this one and then when i read it i was like oh fuck okay this works for me but it's a leap when you're explaining the sort of the difference it's not like you said it's sort of you could tell the story without it being them and that's fine mm-hmm. but and it would be just as good i think I- there's enough in here that that just makes it a compelling retelling to me. As it goes on and the layers are laid, if that's the way you say that. <laughs> <and Laters>. <laughs> the layers are laid. Um, <laughs> it won me over with that. Mm-hmm. Which we know is Ben's ultimate goal. You started at zero yeah. and you have to win him over. You started yeah, at so. negative five. Like you've already taken my time. I'm that much closer to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> win me back. <laughs> but so, you took my money yeah. and my time. Yeah. I, I can't say, buy more time with that yeah. money. <laughs> I will say yesterday, 
I was going, oh God, I can't believe we used to do these double recording sessions, two episodes at once. Like, this is longer than I thought. And I'm reading them. You know, I've got to take these notes. It's taking me fucking hours. Yeah. I'm only halfway done. I'm like, I got to fucking stop, you know, go get some dinner. And then, uh, Whose you know, come back. idea was this? And like every, every, but every time I get to the end of one of the books, I'm like, oh, I want to keep reading though. I like this story. <laughs> I also think there couldn't be a better two things match. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the yeah, point. Such complimentary exactly. titles. If I gave you two fucking dark detective stories at once and one of them was this heavy, it'd be like, no. Or we did Lego Batman and then did Batman 66 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we would have read this and then watched Batman Ninja again. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a little or like Batman Ninja. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. No, I felt like it in the that. same way that I was like, Oh, Sam's going to hate this part. <laughs> yes. I bet Sam yes. doesn't like this at all. You can just picture the notes I've already written. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this scribbling. later. Um, well, just when you mentioned Firefly, though, that's like a, one of those moments where I was like, okay. I love when he pops up. Yeah. Like Underrated you, villain. You, as each little element of Gotham and this world is folded in in like a nice organic way, mm -hmm. that made me that much more like, okay, this is a Batman story. Mm -hmm. It's not just pretending to be a Batman story. Mm -hmm. you, you have all these little things in there. One of the things that I really like about this too is that Batman still makes the Joker and the Joker still makes Harley. It's just not the Harley that we're familiar with. Yeah. And I like that she never goes back. And there's no love story yeah, involved. And, yeah, I like <laughs> that she never goes back on her stance because it would like cheapen it to mm -hmm. me. I wouldn't want her to like fall in love with the dude that she hates. Yeah, it would be stupid. And well, so and that's I, part of the reason I was confused because you hear the premise and you're like, how's that going to work This is the out? same universe as yeah. Harleen, right? No. Where they have like a <laughs> oh. Yeah, with the, uh, with the <laughs> okay. romance and the <laughs> joke missed. The padded room. Uh, yeah, I will say though, you, you mentioned how like striking he looks in this. I would maybe compare that to Harleen of like, you actually have a, a, a handsome-looking Joker in this one. Stylish, mm -hmm. well-groomed. Yeah, sweet yeah. haircut. Angular facial features, like the you but know, it, like the comic, but in like a traditional beauty standard yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. model basically is what he looks like. Yeah, yeah, and he's got the fucking like buzz sides <laughs> of his head and shit. It's like the like a white supremacist, basically. Oh right, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I bet he wears. Uh, oh, I. Minorities are the real problem. No, that's him. <laughs> that's Joker. That's not me. I couldn't Liberals. think of the name of the joke. I was gonna say. I bet he wears Fred. What what are those polo shirts? Fred Perry's. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, oh yeah 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 Fred yeah yeah Fred Perry. Fred Flintstone. I, I know who you're I botched about. my own Lacoste show. with the alligator. <laughs> but it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. other yeah yeah yeah. This Joker wears New Balance exclusively. <laughs> I wear New Balance. It's because they're comfortable dad shoes. It's, Adidas. Samba. I know. I did for many, many, many years. Is that a white supremacist thing? It was for a minute. Oh, no, they ruined everything, stuck. including what? race relations. Yeah, they like everything <laughs> I like. Oh, coincidence? What's going on? I think yeah. not. <laughs> you um, decide. I don't know. They started sharing these memes, and they're kind of funny. And it just, you know, I joined these chat rooms. Get that funny frog. Yeah, get just, a frog. It's all joking. I, love that guy. Yeah, I don't know, man. They're not wildly unbalanced, delusional people. Um, I'm probably gonna hammer this more with the Hannibal stuff, though, because despite what you just said, if you could mention it again now, yeah. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I don't want to. Give you a little please, tease no, take it back. please do. They don't have like a romantic relationship, but like Will Graham and Hannibal, there's a fascination. Well, yeah. and especially by the Obsession. time you get to the end of like the connection of like, oh, this person can do what I can't, and I hate them, but he's clearly showing me that he's able to do it, and he's better, and like. There, the entwining is mm -hmm. there. Again, there's a lot of Dexter in this. Yeah. Because if you think of Dexter and Trinity, that was their relationship in that they had this weird 
rivalry that also was a morbid curiosity and a respect for mm. the other, you know. Dexter's fatal flaw was thinking that this guy deserved something better and that he was going to, in a way, let his guard down because he lets him slide for long enough that this he unknowingly four? gets his revenge. Yeah, the best okay, one. Yeah, you know, yeah. e Even the way, there was a season like five or six of that show where they had crime scenes that were limbs displayed in these crazy ways. And mm. they may have even gone with like the cult angle or something. I can't remember what it was on that show, but they had these really elaborate crime scenes like this where bodies are reconstructed and mm. crazy shit going on. But yeah, I, I definitely felt lots of reminders of that show. <laughs> now let's get back into this nine part story. <laughs> Afterward. We're getting it all out of the way first, and then you can just talk for an hour. Yeah, and then I'll just talk. <laughs> just read the story to us. <laughs> and on page six, he says, Afterward, one guy approaches to ask about Edie's crime scene. So this is at her lecture. A guy from the audience, a student, comes up, and he's like, What was it like to find your body? You were the one there, right? And she goes, I've seen a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to become part of a crime scene yourself. And so again cast a judgment on these people who are just obsessed with all the gory details and in her head she's like oh great another one of these freaks she can spot him coming from a mile away you know Will Graham what are you referring to this is just another like Will Graham thing of like from what lecture yeah from what well the beginning of the Hannibal show he's giving oh, oh Hannibal he was just yeah. Will, Graham Crackers oh the um, inventor okay. of the Graham Cracker what? he will eat Graham Crackers yeah if he's having s'mores, but only if he's having s'mores. Wearing a hood doesn't look very conspicuous when you're on like public transit or something, but being the only hooded guy in like a seminar full of men in business suits. <laughs> Police officer. Yeah, yeah, looks. And by how dark his lips are, I'm, looks to be wearing makeup in addition to his hood. <laughs> Nobody seems to notice. At the end of this book, she gets called away to a grisly crime scene. The cops on the scene are visibly disturbed. One is even sick. She thinks to herself that evil exists watching us from the house next door or the checkout line at the grocery store. Tigers in the tall grass and we can't see them. That's the end of book one. And then he pulls up in the meat wagon and the corner goes, oh my God. And he's in the corner puking his guts out. Rah, rah. <laughs> We resume with book two. The body is a headless Salvador Dali clock with arms and legs sewn on. I'm not entirely sure what the clock itself is made of. Flesh, maybe? Uh, fond it. Anytime um, you're trying to tie yeah. cake together, you <laughs> yeah. fond it. I think it's a really large ribeye. Okay. With <laughs> numbers. How come they never talk about it's his fingers? How come his yeah. fingers are, they look like candles? There are many candles below a meat hook which Harley says was to drain oh, yeah. the body of fat, and you can see it all over the place. It's gross. She leaves to compare with other open cases. As I wonder if what that you, smells like. As if that wouldn't <laughs> ring a fucking bell. And then stops to say <laughs> that the park bench killer, which was the, the initial case photos they were looking at in the very beginning, uh, half a guy found on a bench, is a disorganized psychotic and to check mental hospitals or any recent parolees with a history of mental illness specifically. That was a thing that was like, okay, yeah, on Mindhunter, they began classifying organized and disorganized killers yeah. in mm -hmm. the same way that she's categorizing as psychotic and not. And in America, they came to the conclusion it's 
probably a single white man, <laughs> age 30 to 40. We've narrowed it down to it's usually a single white a very, man. <laughs> a very small demographic of people. Ruling out mobsters and gang members, Harley checks to see if Victor Zaz, for example, is still in Arkham, which he is. Just then, she gets a text saying that John Kelly, the boy of Mick Kelly, was hospitalized for injuries seven times in his childhood. Flashback, we see a montage of Mick beating his son several times, one on Halloween, punching through his mask, which was really great. This part is... Um, what? And then This is like where John, I would say that, and you'd go like, yeah, it's really great that he punched that kid. You're right. Yeah. At school with a cast on, John in the ER... Like you I'm know, just, I like how I just keep talking. <laughs> I'm, well, I had to get my examples out before okay. then we can celebrate all these hilarious yeah. renderings. Oh. Uh, no, I do think it's funny in like a comedy when, you know, like a grown man hits a child. When it's but, like ridiculous, like the child goes flying off screen. It's like an Adam Sandler movie. He goes, whoa! Like in old school when Will Ferrell gets the dart, the tranquilizer dart shot. Mm -hmm. And he shoots it himself, and then he's pushing kids out of the way by their heads and falls into the swimming pool. Isn't that, there, to me, is funny. Wasn't there a whole scene in It's Always Sunny where they go and beat up a bunch of kids? Uh, like a big brawl, but it's just them versus children. That makes me think of the end of Step Brothers, also Will Ferrell. Um, but, yeah, those things are funny to me. This is horrifying yeah. and heartbreaking, and again, with the realism, oh, God. Yeah. Rough. Yeah, I mean, th that shot of him going out trick-or-treating anyway standing on someone's porch with the half-broken mask and just looking sad, you know, like, it just, yeah, that whole shit. Plus, he goes to this guy's house, and he just is serving single starbursts. But it's mainly The kid bread. is like, oh! <laughs> no way, <laughs> mainly finally, bread? That's he, a great Halloween. <laughs> he finally breaks. I will um, not take this shit talk about yellows and oranges. I like okay. pink is my favorite. Yes, correct. Uh, like a little Wolverine cameo right there. Oh, a Halloween costume? Mm -hmm. That's cool. It seems like copyright infringement. Yeah. Oh, it's red. That's how you get away with it. Yeah. And Casper the Friendly Ghost, I think. No, that's um, Spider-Gwen. Oh. Just a very bad Spider-Gwen costume. So, uh, a little cloak and dagger action? Fucking take that, Mike Mayhew. It was a very bad... <laughs> no, the costume is bad. It's a great illustration of a kid wearing a oh, bad Spider-Gwen. Oh, of a Spider cheap Gwen. costume. Yeah. I see. All right, back to present day. The autopsy confirms that the killer is not a professional surgeon, is either self-taught or a med school dropout. Harley asked the medical examiner if there are original autopsy records stored on the premises because Mick Kelly's is missing page two of two. She has the police files, and it doesn't have his full autopsy report. She doesn't have it but sells where to find the medical examiner, or ME, from back then. Side note, the ME offers lunch, and Harley says, I don't do Chinese. I, as a picky autistic fuck, can understand to an extent. However, what New Yorker, come on, it's Gotham, what New Yorker says no to Chinese food? That seems weird to me. Yeah, that's how you know there's something wrong with her. And like you, she follows it, but I could use a drink. And if there's one thing you're doing, it's not eating Chinese food. If there's two things you're doing, not it's eating Chinese food. It's consuming great quantities of alcohol. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah, my hydro flask here is to the brim. That's why you get so mean by the end of every episode. <laughs> is that what happens? I thought I yeah, kind of started Yeah, the rage and the slurring. <laughs> Puts those polo shirts on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shave my head clean. <laughs> 
in our first Joker scene, he walks into a sketchy bar and asks some apparent gang boss, what's taking so long with his shit? When I look at this guy, I, I just think like... Attractive. That's a man whose problems I could solve. I could fix this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's artistic. He has a flair for the aesthetic. Uh, yeah. He has like, he, bold colors. He, he looks really like takes he has a sensitive side. Yeah. He clearly thinks about stuff. He's not thoughtless. Hmm. I bet he would think about That's me. what I'm looking for in a man. I do like... Six-pack abs also. First time we see Joker. Nine-pack. Nine-pack. Everything <laughs> black and white, except for him. We do get the Sin City effect. Mm. Yeah. The green hair. And the red lips, which makes it very compelling whenever he is, I was going to say on screen, when he is on the page. On panel. On. In panel. In. Sam's drunk already. <laughs> <laughs> Don't point it out. Get angry. When the boss. This is a crime scene. Don't puke. <laughs> pussy. When the boss talks back, he gets a knife through his hand and Joker walks out. This scene was particularly creepy, though. He just has a blank expression. The mm -hmm. entire time. Yeah, the really good with the eyeballs. Yeah, the great introduction. I love it. And I think that this character design actually perfectly suits Jared Leto. Like, this he's got like, that handsome leading man sort of face. And, like, I, I would have loved to see, even, I guess, the haircut being a little bit similar, I would have loved to see Leto play this version this is, of yeah, the Joker. This oh is the correct God. version for him. But I think any human actor cannot would not have the restraint to resist playing a version of Joker that's like wild and wacky. Yeah. That's what they all want to do. They all want to be like, this is where I get to flex my chops of being a weirdo instead uh, of, which is not uh, this. I don't know though, because again, to compare this to Joaquin, they're not the same, but he does have a much more restrained version. He's It's more restrained, but it's not this, which but, is, this is like why. He, and he, he still giggles, giggles more out of makeup than he does when he's, because he does it when he's uncomfortable. These early you know? scenes, like this is a cool introduction to this character. Yeah. But this is a great example of me thinking, well, this isn't the Joker. This is like bad yeah, Jason sure. Todd, evil mm -hmm. Jason yeah, Todd, this the Joker maker. But I would say like, if you could imagine, I don't know if you've seen- Don't ask me to imagine. Jared things. Leto's- <laughs> Draw it. <laughs> All right, let me get out my dry erase board. Um, if you've seen Jared Leto's performance in The mm, Little Things. Morbius? <laughs> yes, in The Little Things with Denzel Washington. No. No. He is the prime suspect. Is um, it that movie with Gary Oldman where he's pretending to be a little person walking on his knees? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Where Gary Oldman is a vampire? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about still. My thing is real. Dracula. I think so is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but It's called like Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it has a terrible title. Anyway. All right. So in The Little Things, Denzel and Rami Malek are, Rami Malek are detectives and the prime suspect is Jared Leto. And he plays this fucking weird, weird fucking guy who is so soft-spoken and straight-faced. It's maybe my favorite performance of his I've ever seen. Jared Leto? Yeah. Mm. And so I'm thinking of like, that kind of delivery in this kind of a look, I'm like, man, I would have loved to see Jared do that kind of a Joker, man. It'd be really cool. Yeah, if I'll have to show you a clip of like the interrogation or something. It's really neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if anything, this guy could get a little voice treatment, a little like smoky voice, 
and like nothing else. Uh-huh. It doesn't emote. Well, well you mean the thing something like, like subtle this, that's like just supposed to convey a feeling. Just a sound. Yeah. Like he could uh, have kind of a raspy voice or something mm-hmm. like that. But that's the thing that I liked about. You know who he this, looks like? <laughs> Quinn from Dexter. I was oh, trying to like, yeah, what yeah, actor does this that. guy look like? But the thing I liked about his portrayal in The Little Things is he doesn't try to sound tough or, you know, yeah. anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. He's very unassuming and quiet. His voice is soft. It's almost feminine. Yeah, Jared Leto's a great actor. He's just a um, creepy weirdo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) for sure. But yeah, I look at this guy and I I don't imagine like he's trying to out-tough the tough guys. He's just, if you say it's going to be here, which is a, he's just, he's just very that dangerous. Yeah, it's yeah. a different version of a, a standard Joker feel. Yeah. Unpredictable is the name of the game. Um, Some more child abuse coming up here. Walking home. Oh my God. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. Walking yeah. home, Harley catches someone following her. It's her brother, Barry, asking her to come home and say goodbye to their dying mother. <laughs> say goodbye, mom. Yeah. She says, I've already said goodbye and keeps walking. Here we get a flashback. 12 years ago, Harley's mom calls her a whore and scrubs off her lipstick with a bar of soap. And this is Mike Mayhew. Yes. This yeah. is where it threw me because like a f- not much later, we get another flashback to this thing. And it's like, the faces all look slightly different now. Yeah, first two books. Okay. And he also does a little black and white at the bottom of that page, which kind of blends them. Uh, her brother looks like Jam from Detroit Rock City. Oh, what a great movie. That's it really great is. Amber and I watched it recently. It was brilliant. Oh, man. And then I listened to like 10 Kiss albums in a row, starting <laughs> from the beginning. I that love, song must have been great. The I have the soundtrack from that movie because the Boston's doing Detroit Rock City is uh, so good. Beth, what can I do? <laughs> I only know the role models version of that song. The flashback continues, which is weird. This is the only time that it happens where... We're still in Mayhew color land, and we switch characters. Assuming it's also 12 years ago, a high school-aged John Kelly catches shit from a jock, bumps into him in the school hallway. He hacks the kid's phone, saying that the art of war is to subdue your enemy without fighting. Find some scandalous photos of the football player guy, and he leaks them all over the school. By the end of the scene... When they bump into each other again, the jock guy is disgraced and their roles are reversed. The power dynamic has shifted. I like the way that that plays out. I don't know why he's so embarrassed. He looks really good in a brassiere. And clearly he was doing this at a party with a bunch of other people, including hmm. women. I don't know. He's, he's, I assume yeah. it was maybe like after the party ended. Mm. You guys want to put on no, lipstick and no, make no, out? No, no. no, look at the... The girl is no, putting it says, the makeup on Yeah, it says party picks. Yeah, there's a crowd of people. He's taking off I'm just saying shirt, if he's worried about people bra. thinking he's gay or whatever, it's like... They were probably there. Yeah. Mm. A bunch of those people at school were there. And sworn to secrecy. Do yeah. you know who my father is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like the blurb above the one about the supreme art of war. Five things to transcend the mediocrity of this mundane mm. existence. I really like that blurb. Alliteration, yes. Mm. At home... It's like a Batman thing, honestly. Yeah. Creepy Batman thing. At home... <laughs> Dark silhouettes. At home. At home. <laughs> I'm just going to be walking around for the rest of my life going, at home. He's glitching. At home. <laughs> at dead, home. Dead. At home, John is shaving when Mick comes in and says, a real man shaves with a straight razor. He holds it to his neck 
while his other adult friends are holding the kid down. And this results in another ER trip. I don't know how bad he cut the kid for him to wind up in the ER and live from a straight razor to the neck. But Jesus Christ, yeah, that's horrific. In the panel on the bottom, he's like holding his side hunched over. Mm. Well, Maybe no, they he, beat he him didn't. Up. He, yeah, I guess he in the after the initial thing where he like falls over or something, he does have like defensive wounds on his forearms. So. Mm. Actually, yeah, that'd be terrible. Getting cut is terrible. What I want to know is who pays that kid's hospital bills? The state. <laughs> Freaking Obama? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, uh, thanks, <laughs> Barack. Present day, the park bench killer is caught, though Harley insists he did not commit the other crimes. The art switches back to Mayhew with no other indication that this is a flashback. I like this part because they're watching the same... Like infomercial, a jewelry TV. Yeah, mm. it's cool. I like the random times where it shows like, not only is this happening simultaneously, but you're sort of like doing the same thing. Or, it's a cool way yeah. to switch perspectives. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, Joker stalks a woman in the park, uh, ties her up in his kill room, and tells her straight faced that it's going to hurt. And this is the end of book two. Again, nothing funny about this. <laughs> Um, he's not, even when he says like, I'd say this isn't going to hurt, but that wouldn't be, you know, he's not hamming it up in any way. Which mm-hmm. is why at this point I'm you so know. firmly in like the, not the Joker. Sure. Just a guy wearing Joker makeup for the purposes of making this a Batman story. I appreciate how clean and organized his workshop area is. <laughs> you would. I do. <laughs> Book three. But then that other room, the way this one starts, that's a disgusting place. He's not keeping that that dark room clean. That's a different artist. Okay. <laughs> Plus the dark room is dark, you know, like. So you can't see all the mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like a blind guy's apartment, man. What yeah, do you want? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Doing his best just to do the dishes. <laughs> Harley wanders. Wait, wonders, not wanders. Book three. <laughs> at home. Why? <laughs> at home. <laughs> at home. Book three starts. Harley wonders if the police didn't look hard enough at John and speaks to his former teacher as well as the dean of admissions who was stood up on the day that John disappeared. We flash back not to Mike Mayhew now, but to Jason. Bedauer, I believe. And the dean tells John that he had a perfect score on his entrance exam and is eligible for a full scholarship. All he needs to do is come in for the interview. Back at school, John is asked by his bully's girlfriend, Eliza, to tutor her. Now, it was alluded to earlier, and I kind of mentioned this, you know who my father is, that the guy, Joey Casamento, is the son of a crime boss. We never really see him, but we know he's a Sionis, he's a Maroney. Well, there's a confusing kind of shot, a which makes sense in hindsight, of like a big fancy car and a big bruiser-looking guy standing out in front. Yeah. Yes. When they bump into each other on the steps, but nobody mentions it or anything. You're right, yeah. John here is socially inept with Eliza, but he accepts her request. I like this, uh, when they're walking down the hall, it gave me you vibes. Like, he's... He's thinking Practicing about what to say to a human well, being. Yeah, no, no. He's Joey Casamento's girlfriend. 
could be useful. That's like how stuff. That's how I think of you. Yeah. yeah. No. Like calculating. <laughs> yeah. You, you television show. Because that's the whole time he's like conversation thinking to himself, conversation oh, thinking to himself. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. No, not you. Okay. You. The show. Okay. You. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Got him. Got it. You're talking about Joe. Yes, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the, you know, the fact that like you get to hear the intentional manipulation and stuff. Or they again, they like say Dexter. a thing and he's like, oh, I could use this. Oh, I haven't seen Dexter. Well, Dexter is like, oh, the, really? the whole show yeah. is that like, oh. oh, she's crying in front of me. I wish I could feel something. Mm. Uh, the correct thing. And then like- What's it, that water? Well, yeah. yeah, his whole his whole thing from the very beginning is that he's created this very affable social persona that everybody likes. You mm. know, he's everyone's favorite at the office and he brings donuts to everybody and it's always smiling and cracking jokes or whatever. Says the right thing. And it's all shit that he's just learned to imitate. Mm. And he actually has no feelings or connections to any of these people. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, there's elements of that. And then without uh, completely throwing myself under the bus, um, there's an element of this scene, why I did believe you is that I did relate to, oh. that in certain... Empathy required. <laughs> in, mm. Well, in certain empathy required. Uh, I'll tell you how a, a previous therapist put it. Um, Sam has trouble with non-goal-oriented parts of conversation. So if someone's going to come up and make small talk, I'm like, huh? You know, like, can you just shut the what, fuck up, please? What are we? Why doing? is this but, girl talking? What are we doing? Yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. But but if it's like, oh, hey, did fucking. Did you see the new episode of you? Like, oh, fuck yeah. Let's break it down. Right? The goal is to describe and analyze this episode of you. Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. No, no, but uh, I, there are definitely uh, times where I've, I've got to think about, like, uh, what do I even... Yeah, all right, I could start with this. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, I do. I suppose I have something that I could say in response. Well, we're all on a spectrum in a way. Everybody has moments where you're like, ooh, this is weird. What's the, what do I do? Let's pick a choice. Okay, let's see how this works. That did not work. Hmm. This currently didn't work? Is that what you're saying? No, that worked great. That oh, like, okay. People are going to love that. Okay, I see. They will be messaging me. How dare you discount my do. experience is what I'm going to say. People are it's just, how dare you? <laughs> how about that? I, I flip it around. I actually used you as an example in uh, therapy once. Where, <laughs> how dare you? Where, yeah, yeah. You were like, hey, you know, you talk about these things. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I've known you for a long time. Uh, you know, and and uh, then we went down to L.A. to make that record. And afterward, you're like, you know, after spending 72 hours uninterrupted with you, you are kind of a weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he also I was like, see, he also said that everybody's weird. Yeah. I went to my therapist and I was Don't. like, Ben always says he, yeah, he's right, but this. I know that I'm right. <laughs> Don't frame this. How Don't do leave I reconcile out the other this? Half of it. Present day. Oh god damn it! At home, you're yeah. <laughs> what you what you took from that is so one sided. Present day, Harley finds that the former Emmy is at a nursing home. His own records were lost when his house burned down, only making her more suspicious. He offers the original dictation tapes, which are safely stored in a... I fucked myself up, I was going to say, which are in his storage unit. And then I said <laughs> safely stored in a storage <laughs> unit. Okay. Allow me to, allow outside, to introduce <laughs> yeah, myself. myself. Outside of the nursing home, Joker Talks stalks to himself in the bushes. his prey. <laughs> yes, he says to himself that he's underestimated Harley. And when she comes out, she thinks... I'm either paranoid or I'm getting close to the truth. Like, it just reminds me of one of those things where, like, 
in a comedy satire or something where somebody does that and goes, what? Did you just say something? Yeah. No. Whoop. No, I didn't say <laughs> Yeah, somebody walking by. It sounded like you just said, I underestimated yeah, you. What? Yeah, some strange. No, no, nearby. not you. I was talking to, damn, on the phone. I have to go. <laughs> Barry calls again. The doctor says it could be any day now. Another flashback. Harley refuses to finish her dinner, and her mom tells her to sit there until it's gone. That's definitely happened to me before. <laughs> she lasts from Friday evening to Sunday morning before her mom snaps and slams her face into the food on the plate. It shows both the character of her abusive mother and her own willpower and determination, which will be relevant later. Holding out that fucking long without moving. We could see the fork and knife hadn't even moved. Yeah, what if she had to poo-poo? She did. She just Dieter right there. Present day, Harley sorts through unlabeled cassette tapes, and the TV news reports that they've received photos of a murder that has not yet been reported. At the station, Harley says not to focus on the subject of the photos, but look to the periphery for clues. She spots an ornate column in the background, which leads them to a closed wing of the train station. There's a dead body, all right. And it is a gruesome homage to Dali once again. Venus with drawers. Um, I thought the part right before that was funny where photos, periphery, columns, and then they hop on their computer to their database of uh, lists of buildings <laughs> with fancy white columns Interior inside. Interior columns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harley. Cold. Sickness. Give him a cold. Recycling. The planet, dollar bill, Thomas Jefferson's house. We need to give the aliens a cold. <laughs> what is this? That's like a poor retelling of the making fun of Independence Day in South Park, where the Jeff oh. Goldblum character has the like the dumbest get from point A to point Z with <laughs> yeah. all these nonsensical plans. Oh my god! I saw an amazing Norm Macdonald Conan appearance uh, this week, like a '90s one. He. <laughs> Tells this really long setup, which I will not do. But is it Alexander the Moth? No, it's not the Moth. Okay. That one was painful yeah. to me. But like this one, actually, really saved it at the end. His setup was that the guy uh, who moved in next door uh, says that he's a logic professor, and he's like, "Well, what is that? How does that work?" You know? And he's like, "Well, let me ask you this: Do you have a doghouse?" I said, "Well, uh, yes, sir, I do." I said, "Well." If you have a doghouse, I assume you have a dog. He's like, yeah. Well, I assume that you're married. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, then I can assume that you're heterosexual. And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, so I now know that you are heterosexual uh, just by asking if you had a doghouse. And he's like, wow, yeah, yeah, it totally works. And so later, as many people will do, try to apply this new thing they learned. So he meets some stranger waiting for the bus. And they're standing there waiting for the bus. And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, learning this thing about uh, logic. Uh, I can't remember his exact you know, class of what he's called. He's like, but uh, uh, here, uh, let, me, let me try it out. He's like, uh, do you have a, a doghouse? And the guy says, no. And he's like, oh, then you're a homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> but he drags it out for like yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And so it makes the payoff that much better. Harley finds a handcuff key in one of the drawers in the body, and the autopsy reveals that the victim's larynx was also removed. That part's icky. I was thinking about 
pulling the drawers out of this. Oh, God. Like, Dude, like, and there's like shit in there, too. Yeah, like guts of some sort. In is a, it like wet or is it like crunchy? Dry. I think it's wet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. In a striking two page spread from Miko, Harley presents to the GCPD a profile of their killer. As Ben mentioned, single white male, 20s to 30s, atypically employed, narcissistic, highly intelligent, dangerous, a high degree of psychopathy, and knows how to blend in. The final page of book three is the actual document that she presented to the police. I find these touches very cool and unique. I like all the inclusion of all this data. I didn't read the documents this time because this is, I think, my third reading of the book, but I did enjoy reading them before. Oh, I think it's cool. Well, a lot of them, especially as we get like the later, the case files chunk, mm-hmm. are reiterations of the same things we've already been told verbatim, mm-hmm. just yeah. in text form, but they're still neat. It's yeah. like a flashback intro. I will note here that the Mayhew variant for book four is fucking insane. I don't know if you're... You guys are punctuated with those, but it's the shirtless, bloody mm-hmm. Joker. So with hot. With the hacksaw. Yeah. God, look oh at those nibbles. God. That's nuts. Here is the Firefly cameo. And I'm always happy when we get to see a bit of him. Garfield Lins is in the interrogation room, and Harley decides to go in fondling a lighter. She seductively flicks the flint while questioning him, and he eventually gives her a suspect. How many people before you just now do you think have ever said fondling a lighter? <laughs> I mean, she was. She was, She was. you know. This whole website's you know. devoted to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I've, that's, I, yeah, yeah. I'm if, rarely on the yeah, dark. I'm internet. sure it's a thing. I absolutely love how this scene is drawn using tight, Facial expressions in like a Gary Frank sort of way, but with the lighter in the foreground. Mm-hmm. So like we're we're still fixating on the object between them, but it's cutting back and forth between her straight face questioning him and his sort of intrigue as she fucks with it. His focus on the object. Mm-hmm. You mean the woman? You can call her a woman, okay? Not an object. I'm gonna tell my therapist about you now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Harley questions Eliza Casamento, which apparently they're married now, about the day that John disappeared. She blames herself, saying that she hadn't told her jealous future husband, Joey, about their tutoring sessions. In a flashback, Joey catches them, chases John, and throws him into an art supply room, dousing his nice college interview clothes with paint. At home, continuing the flashback, Mick finds the admission letter. He tells John that he can't go to college and that he's the wrong one who died that day on the bridge. Goes even farther than saying that he's not even his real father. Present day, there are two scenes that don't immediately go anywhere. Joker buys an unseen rarity from a librarian. And two, Harley questions the Russian mobster from the Garfield Lynn's tip the same one Joker stabbed in the hand earlier, and he doesn't say anything to her more than fuck you. This scene does, however, demonstrate her fighting ability, at least in a defensive way. Against a much larger opponent. Yes. The scene with the dad made me want to do research, and I'm assuming they're not talking about 
London Bridge and dead kids and stuff. And it's false, but, oh, yeah, I, but I had about, no idea about that. Yeah, you know that fucking song you like to sing? You know, they built that shit around kids so their souls would blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. fucking what? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, guy, I know about that. I even know that. That's yeah. Weird. Yeah, he's, he's the smart. smartest no. stupid person. Uh, Although, perpetuating schoolyard rumors, I could definitely see this guy uh, being very good. Oh, you know what I heard in lockup? <laughs> I didn't take the time to look that up, but I want to. I know that that was the case with, like, the Great Wall. That there's people in it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> White people act like they're so civilized. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that people built people into stuff. That's yeah, a great tradition. Yeah, like Attack on Titan. Don't spoil it. I didn't. I intentionally didn't say it because I know there's a big overlap. Listers of the show and people <laughs> who haven't watched Attack on Titan, but are going to. God. It's in my queue. It, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's in my queue. It's a tried and true masonry technique. There's no spoiler there. Well, they do that. I've, I know it's they do that. It's been thousands like the, of years the of technology. floors of buildings were like, you have the, uh, like the. Is your apartment furnished with the bones of children under the yeah, souls that's how they, of the children? Yeah, souls. it's insulin. Okay. That's why it's so no, warm they, in the winter. Yeah, like they, so the bones don't last? How the, do you get the, the souls rebar, without the bones? The re, it's, no, you need to you break this down. You have to study down. a little bit. Yeah. You ever read a book? Um, <laughs> there's the lattice between floors of buildings and whatever the cement, but then they also just throw a bunch of filler garbage in there because they just need something yeah. to kind of fill it in. So human bodies would do the same thing. If you're making a great wall of China, fill it with bodies. And once again, Arthur Mitchell. And a lot of it would be like slave labor yeah. anyways. Arthur Mitchell. Trinity Killer. Trinity? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Is, this is fictional. Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You could just watch season four of Dexter. That's enough. That's a great <laughs> maybe, like, uh, maybe That's I'll why the show is cool. Don't watch the bad stuff. I have to finish watching <laughs> Sons of Anarchy before I watch nice. any other television. But yes, anyone who... Uh, uh, Starring Clayface. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who hasn't watched Dexter by this point, mm. it's very enjoyable. Although I would recommend stopping after season four or five. Five is very solid. But then after that, it doesn't. I'm into alternate viewings up. of things. So I say watch season one, jump ahead, watch season four, get on with your life. Season three is very good. Sure. But like, I don't want you to watch it. I want like, you to watch season one. Prior to that coming out, I was like, I have never seen anything this crazy on That's TV. the one with Jimmy Smits. Yeah, dude. Yeah. His whole shit. I couldn't believe that. It is yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Anyway. Six is where it turns into a musical. That's what I've heard. Yes. <laughs> Gordon waits for Harley at what looks like a ballet. I think maybe the Nutcracker. I don't know things. It's a window at a store. It's like a storefront. It's like they're it revealing yeah. the, I can't think of what would it be a Macy's or something where they yeah, would do like, that. Like, yeah. Oh, look at their holiday display. Oh my God, it's so cool. And there's a crowd of people lined up for this? Yep. Yeah, they, people are born. You've never seen Christmas? Fucking All right. Christmas story? I haven't, actually. What? <laughs> so the audience is horrified when the curtain <laughs> draws and this... Ballerina is not only dead but dismembered and has limbs replaced intermittently with mannequin parts. As the crowd gasps in disbelief, a tarp or something from above begins to tear and dozens of rats fall from the ceiling. I That's So I'm yeah, I'm so I'm I'm taking that the rats are biting her, but she never looks like she's been bit up by a bunch of rats and they die. Some of them die. Well, well they some of them probably died. Just suffer from like, a good fall, and they're also like on top of each other, crunching each other down, and whatever thing they're being held. Okay. in. Okay, I was like, they bit her and died. Like there was something in her. Okay. They're actually them. rat bees. Um, I don't know if you know this. When they bite, <laughs> they die. Oh, yeah. yeah they're they're front, like a yeah, their front top teeth break off, and then that's it. 
<laughs> no, I didn't know that. Man, I got out so much. I got to learn about the London Bridge. I got to learn about these <laughs> those bee rats. When Harley arrives, pronounced brats with a Z. She, oh. <laughs> she, Gordon, and Maddox are the only ones for some reason not wearing PPE. I love this that they're around all these dead rats and there's people in mm. hazmat suits and masks, like carefully surveying the scene and they're just walking around in the middle of it going like, but we're the main characters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need right. to see our face, otherwise you won't know who There's we not are. a reason that you're dressed like this, right? <laughs> Back at her apartment, Harley opens the door to find Joker waiting for her. He's holding a case file, says, looking for me? And that's the end of book four. I don't know about to you guys, but even rereading this and kind of forgetting after a while, I'm like, oh, fuck. I love this ending. Yeah. It's one of those great moments like you come back to heat or something when the protagonist and the antagonist, they sit down face to face, have a conversation. I really like when a story can do that. And uh, this was in a very unexpected way. Book five is the contents of the case files, seemingly mixing in every artist along with actual documents and photos even that cover every crime scene and character in the book. Depending on how closely you look, there's a lot of background info, but it's also just visually striking the way that it's constructed. Again, with the mix of so many formats and artists and documents, like it's pretty interesting. Well, I was even confused as to what this was supposed to be until we got to the end of it, and then I remembered how it started, and I was like, okay, yes, now I get it. And it's it's our vision board. (laughs) Like, here's what threw me off because I'm numbering these in. The trade, it says chapter one, chapter whatever, right? But I'm in the habit of writing book one, book one, because they're, they're issues. But chapter six in this is book five. This is criminal sanity case files or something. Uh-huh. Like, it's not even uh-huh. part of the continuity. This was like the, if you bought a Ninja Turtles comic, but then flipped it over and read it upside down backwards, this was the back <laughs> half of it. Yeah, it's, got, it's like a bonus <laughs> thing, but they inserted it in publication order, which makes sense, but it's weird because, yeah, like chapter six is book five, and yeah, chapter this, seven it, is book six. With all this stuff in here, this is where I'm like, okay, I get why chicks are into them because it's like good art. It's nice, <laughs> good use of colors. And it kind of seems like it comes out of nowhere. Like, I swear I was just... Uh, in the middle of a story. I swear I was just reading a story. And <laughs> is this I'm the like, end? Yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of documents. It did. I had that moment where I was like, oh, is this, is this the I end? I mean, honestly, this could have been the end of a oh. volume one the, with that cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck yeah. Uh, I just found uh, Easter eggs on accident while we were talking about stuff. Oh, my God. Are they chocolate? Are they cream-filled? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I like this uh, note. There's money in it. This note about Zaz dealing with trichotillomania and like that's why he's so hairless i think that's funny what, what is, is that trichotillomania it's where you like pull your hair out for oh, comfort right. yeah oh. i worked with a person like that it was odd but he because he's always like been so bald and stuff like yeah. oh okay he's it's just it's part of his thing book six opens where number four left off joker is in her apartment and says that he's read her profile impressed He wants to talk more about it if she'll leave her weapons at the door. Amazingly here, she does and is bound to a chair. And I also want to say for anyone who maybe didn't pick up on that, the whole point of that was kind of like, that's what was in the file that he had been reading. Yes. All that stuff we just read. Yes. That's why it's placed there and not at the end or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And we even see him later on holding it. Yeah. Her vision board wasn't in that (laughs) manila folder. 
Oh, are we just gonna skim over the second appearance of Ragman in this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, I was like, oh, Jewish like, Batman's gonna a, show yeah, up. Yeah. Hell, why else would they be bringing it up over and over? <laughs> um, <laughs> now, bound to the chair, she attempts flattery to keep him from killing her. He, in his inner monologue, decides to kill her, and in her inner monologue, knows this, and eventually he decides to let her live as no one else seems to understand his work and believes that she will continue to at least document it so... Will Graham Hannibal Lecter. So it can live on in some way. And this is exactly that dynamic we were talking about before. Now, ashamed that she was caught, Harley does not tell Gordon that they met. He asks her what could make a person turn out this way, and she says most psychopaths never hurt anyone Physically, they become CEOs and politicians, roles where empathy isn't required. She actually just, I like because that. I feel it's an important distinction, she says most psychopaths never hurt anyone. She doesn't even mention like, but like CEOs, they, she does it on a financial, she just says most psychopaths don't hurt people. Yeah, and I added the distinction. I know, because you can't add to the text. Because fucking <laughs> Walmart, capitalism is violence. Best Buy. I like that part. Um, I also think that it, I like that the parallel between this version of her and other versions of her are that she crosses lines still. Mm -hmm. They're different lines, but she's like, okay, I'm just going to, I got to lie to the cops now, I guess, in order to, uh, you know, one, protect my pride. But also to really catch him or kill him. Yeah, but because now I have other motives and I got to do that. Same, you know, she operates outside of the rules in her other iterations. She has less of an arc as Harleen because that's about her transformation. Mm -hmm. But we do similarly see her compromising herself in order to achieve her revenge, Mm -hmm. you know. I read the books, and I don't remember if they're in the books, but in the show, Hannibal, there's even a scene where they go over that same thing of like, yeah, you know what the most common profession for psychopaths is? Like doctor. And then he's like, well, you know what number two and number three are? It's like cop yeah. and journalist. Like that's all the people <laughs> yeah. in the room like that. And so you have that again kind of from that, but as well of hmm. we're seeing this right at the point in the book where now she's released a crazy killer for her own ends, regardless of what it does to anyone else. Yeah. However she may spin it in her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, very Dexter. Like your your ego overrides any sense of responsibility. Yeah. Flashback. John is humiliated and covered in paint. We mentioned he was dumped into the art room. He's shocked that his dad isn't his real dad. We're picking up where that scene left off. Mick laughs about it, saying it doesn't change anything. John grabs a knife and says, oh, it changes everything. And immediately slits his dad's throat and stabs him again once he's on the ground. No, Sawyer from Lost. That's who that looks like. I know you guys okay. haven't watched that show, but... Yeah. Yeah, Although, doing? shout out to Taylor Morton, making a new documentary about it. I bet you it's good. Just before cleaning up, he contorts a wire coat hanger into a triangle, jams it into Mick's mouth. Not only is that grotesque, I didn't put together that that's what had happened with all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though I saw the scenes, like I just didn't really... It's seeing Here the transformation see of mm-hmm. the coat hanger into... That thing in the mouth. Yeah, it's sick. And Mean Mick, as he was called, died with a smile on his face. You can even see the pointy end of the wire sticking out through uh, his cheek, yeah. which is horrible. John wipes the blood over his own mouth, creating a Joaquin Phoenix smile. 
And these came out around the same time, so I don't know if that's an homage necessarily, but a parallel. And he looks in the mirror, thinking to himself that his mask is finally off. This is his true self. He's doing some cleanup, but he doesn't seem very concerned about fingerprints. Well, he lives there. Yes, okay, that's true. Because that, that crossed my yeah, mind as well. I'm yeah. like, you're going to wash the blood off a knife and put it back. And not mop the floor? But you're going to do it in a sink full of dishes. Mm-hmm. I guess it's more important to just not know which one was the murder weapon. You know? uh, yeah. Not that they couldn't figure out the length of a blade from yeah, the wound, I, but still. Yeah. I didn't think about him still being there and uh, like, who's going to check on this guy anyways. Well, yeah. I guess the idea he's just disappeared for yeah. after this. Yeah. Now, Harley finds the M.E.'s dictation tape from Mick's autopsy. She finally comes across the right tape. She finds what was missing on page two. His larynx was removed, just like Edie. Harley's heart sinks and is blinded with rage. She screams, I fucking had him! What's the um, significance of the larynx? Thing? Yeah, they talk about that so many, like, well, that's... I mean, the symbolic reference, or what's yeah, the, the, do they talk about why he does that? No, or? they didn't explain no, why, but yeah. that it is a parallel between yeah. Edie and the recent killers. But is it like because they're talking? Or it also no, kind of looks like he's giving them a smile across their neck as well. Or? Well, in this case, it was a partial because of the slit throat. Uh-huh. But it was like, oh, shit, that's enough. Uh-huh. I guess to confirm the suspicion, at least. And just then she gets an email with a video of someone bound upside down in a tank of water and a three-hour timer. She is handed an advanced copy of The Prestige by Christopher Nolan. (laughs) (laughs) Great Uh, movie. She brings it to Gordon, thinking that he's out of his depth. Joker has evolved. Out of his depth. Changing his hand, (laughs) changing his patterns, his victimology, etc., And essentially, and that's why I'm here. (laughs) They look for water. Swear to me. (laughs) They look for water sources like the community pool, but come up empty. Elsewhere, an aquarium opens for business at 7 a.m. By 10 a.m., they unveil another exhibit. And I'm not sure why is this common practice that you would have timed exhibits that are draped over. And that whoever was like managing it and all their subordinates were like, did you do this? Yeah. I would love a, just a, a little more explanation on how that was put together and why it wouldn't stand out. But it turns out when they pull back the curtain that it is the kidnapped victim and the timer is set only seconds away from zero. It explodes, killing the man and flooding the floor with water and broken glass all over the crowd. No, I don't think it. He's dead. He's dead because the timer for the bomb was slightly longer than the Oxygen. timer for the air. So he died oh, yeah, not yeah. long before that. And this. But is wouldn't the, they have observed that on the video? Because it's a live stream video. Uh, also, there's no camera. No, because if you look, there's um. I think the three-hour timer is the oxygen level. And so the bomb is like three hours and 46 seconds yeah. or whatever. It's sometimes longer I see, longer so there's two that. separate timers. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah you can't you. see it on the screen originally. I told you I've read this three times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not very perceptive. It's below. <laughs> this wasn't my favorite gag, honestly. This is the moment for me where the character of the Joker now is starting to resemble mm-hmm. the Joker that I know. Where yeah. now it's like, okay, you're justifying this. I can accept this as a kind of wildly different version of that character. Because now he's not killing people in secret like Hannibal Lecter and turning them into art projects. Mm-hmm. He's doing something 
crazy and wild in public. Well, yeah, they someone. talk about him at one point late in the story where they say he's a serial killer, not a terrorist. And somebody said, well, now he's both. Yeah, he's sowing chaos in like a insane way over Rob. But he's which grandstanding. Is you know, he yeah. likes the audience. Yeah. But before this, it wasn't quite like that. And this no. is like the evolution. No, the police were his that. audience. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for a great white with lipstick on in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> nice three Jokers callback there. On the last page here, Joker admires his work from afar watching on security cameras. That's the end of book six. Uh, in number seven, Joker leaves a gift, he says, for Harley. But aside from briefly seeing him steal a Transformer in the uh, previous issue, takes one down from a telephone pole, we don't really know what the gift is yet. Harley visits Edie's parents to tell them that she won't accept this cold case and she's doing her own investigation. On her way out, Barry calls to invite her to their mom's funeral. She is gone. Harley does visit her mom's grave the next day, thinking back to a time that she called for Barry on the phone and her mom said to go to hell. Now, flicking a cigarette at her coffin, Harley says, You first, Mom. Flashback montage. Even Rocky had a montage. John paints Always his face. Out in a <laughs> Tell me if this is right. I think that John paints his face more resembling like the Mexican Day of the Dead look. It's just like a skull. In this flashback, yeah. 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 And kills several child abusers, all men. I want to point I was going to save it for Easter eggs, but I don't really have others, so I, I would say it now. This is like the fourth or fifth time, not in chronological order, but the fourth or fifth time in the book where we see him with a red hood. As a little boy, he has a red hood. Oh. Now he has a red hood with this. He has a red. He just, they constantly have him with a red hood, which mm. is an interesting little That's cool. Yeah. Time. So he's Billy Batson. That's what you're saying? He's red hood. Oh, like the Joker. There you go. I see. <laughs> That's a perfect segue. You're welcome. Because right here, the news speculates that maybe there's a new vigilante like Batman. And he's like, you're comparing me to Batman? What the fuck? Present day, Harley examines the water tank. <laughs> I didn't run any families off the road. I'm not Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she examines the water tank from the crime scene at the aquarium. And it turns out to be a replica of Houdini's design. This explains the uh, purchase he made from the librarian of earlier. A I'm was, gonna take a chance at how to say that word. Yeah, I, it Mimeograph. was. Yeah, it was some old document that we weren't really privy to. Two kids now are playing with an electricity exhibit at the Gotham Science Center, very similar to the aquarium setup. They notice a funny smell and realize that they just fried someone on the other side <laughs> of the wall. <laughs> Glad that you guys got a chuckle out of that. Because now we're getting to wacky Joker. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the Joker I recognize. Harley arrives on the scene and recognizes a tattoo on the victim's neck. Joker delivered a killer from one of her own cold cases. That was his gift. The dude is like wearing, a, wearing the same garb that Joker later wears, but in this, the guy dies, and in the other part, Joker doesn't die? Well, I think the electricity is channeled into the helmet, but the suit keeps it from getting out of him. What do they call the, the suit? Idea. They have a specific name for it, and I recognize it. I want to say from our Nightwing episode. Faraday. Faraday. Faraday Cage. Because I, I was like, on his head. I was like, what is this Faraday? I don't know what that is. Yeah. And you Daniel guys explained Faraday it to from me. from Lost. Yeah. Brand That's name. not what it was. Brand well, it is name. from Lost, but that character, like every character in Lost, is named after somebody important in the past. I Faraday see. was like a physicist who did electricity stuff. Got it. So like 
really cool, influential people. There's like a Donald John Trump, Trump. <laughs> Elon Musk. One of the main characters is right? Don Trump. Uh-huh. Yeah. They hide it a little bit. There's another guy who's like Evan Musk. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like you have to really yeah. be smart, like Elon mm-hmm. Musk to pick it yeah. up. Like there's a Jose Rogan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have seen Lost. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very ahead of its time, given the references. It's crazy. This monster guy gets a, a good uh, 50-50 two-face burn. Yeah. Yes, this is true. I mean, that can't be a coincidence. Which is interesting because there's a drawing, I think, in The Secret Files. It's a a human face on one side and then like a wolf's face or something on the other side. Mm. It's a woman's face and then an animal. Given that he doesn't make any manimals in this, I was wondering (laughs) if that was somehow in connection to this particular like crime full metal alchemist yeah mm-hmm. my turn to spoil a seminal anime yeah for everyone who's about to watch it and bring up some trauma yeah and in, in everybody that's seen that back at the station gordon has a new suspect in custody and it's fucking joker the suspect is fucking the joker yeah. <laughs> and this i decided to, separate them yeah. so <laughs> I decided to improvise and it didn't go great <clears throat> he was Caught buying chemicals from an informant. After a brief outburst in the bathroom, Harley composes herself and sits down in the interrogation room to question him. Just then, the power goes out. He said there'd be stars. He said there'd be stars. It would be so bright. The bus doesn't fill up with bright lights. I get it. That's what it is. The door is electronically sealed, and he said that he disabled the backup generator and reaches to touch her hand. She realizes that he could not do so if he were still handcuffed, and he holds up the open cuff. And is the handcuff key, is that a callback to all the way before with the Venus and drawers of yeah. handcuff key in there? He's playing this out so far in advance that he's like, someday soon I will use handcuff keys to uncuff myself. Uh, I don't think no, so. I, don't I think, think it comes back later. Oh, no. She had the key to the cuffs to the guy in the tank, right? They oh. didn't, but they didn't reach him in time? No. I think so. I don't remember. Hmm. Pretty sure. I'm going to go back. All you I know is they made it. a big deal about presenting it and less of a big deal about using it. Well, he wouldn't have that key anyways. Unless he had... Just she had it. Two of them. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, Do they oh come in pairs? God. They come in threes. Everything comes in threes. Oh. Knock, knock, knock. If you're feeling in the... Okay. Not even oh, how that song goes. Heaven's door. <laughs> Book eight begins... In the dark interrogation room, again with no power, she says, "Cut this shit! I know who you really are." Knock three times. Excuse me, that's the Knock word. Knock three times. Something like that. Were you saying something? She asks why he changed his victimology when he killed Edie. He says, "Not to be cliche, but it was simply wrong place, wrong time." Back in the tank scene. The Vicks were in cuffs, but the key we found on Venus opens them. Okay. So not confirmed, but okay potentially when the lights come back on harley knows that joker could still get off if they try to take him now they don't have enough really to pin him and so if she wants him to pay she has to follow him and get more so she lies to gordon and they let him go she follows joker on foot knowing that whoever he kills next is her fucking fault Cuts back and forth now between her search and his plans. In a sense, I give her a little pass because she also just said he would get out 
if they held him now anyway. That he would get off. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. I love that he's... But again, she's committing to the lie. Yeah. She's continuing that. Ten feet away from the police department, and he's already on the phone with somebody <laughs> trying to get a uh, transformer, and there's like cops in the background. Looking at the badge that he just stole. Yeah, yeah looking yeah, at yeah. the badge that he just jacked. So yeah, that was the first thing. He stole the badge from Maddox. He apparently kidnaps Joey Casamento, and I thought killed the Russian from earlier at a deal that goes south. That'll come back later, though. Flashback again five years ago. Joker stalks Danny Shannon, an apparent associate of Mick, who was fresh out of prison. He follows Danny inside an apartment building, and there are two other people inside studying. Threatening them, he gets Danny to drop his gun, and once that happens, the male witness and Danny are both killed, and he takes the girl back to her own apartment and kills her. We see a photo of her and Harley in a perfect Harley homage outfit. And once she's dead in the tub, he adds the wire to her mouth, flowers in the water, and then he grabs a book called Emergency Surgery by T. Wayne. Mm -hmm. And he decides he wants to do something special with her. So she had asked why even kill her? She doesn't fit the profile. Well, she witnessed this crime. He was following somebody else. Also, why change your motif at this point? Because they mentioned the only thing that was stolen was uh, some fucking med school books, you know? Here we see him going like, okay, well, if I've broken the mold, I guess we're doing things differently. So and, my hmm. question from the beginning, which was answered, but still a little confusing. Batman. It's a Batman story. Okay. So, so, do you have any other questions? No. So, the reason he. <laughs> nah. Oh, come on. I'm trying to give it back to you. Uh, so, so, the reason he. Hey, chained... I was about to ask a question. Okay, You're okay, both you interrupting go. I'm me? sorry, you go. At home, let me tell you, you at home. Um, <laughs> at home. Well, no, I was just wondering, like, in this scene when I saw her in this apartment, because I didn't remember that they made the comment, like, in passing, that she would study with the young man because he was also a resident med student. Yeah, they and, had gone to school together. Yeah, and the. the crook the piece of shit is his dad and yes there. which i but, love because they had presented it earlier as like oh yeah i killed these two med students and the father who happened to be visiting yeah. but i love this scene because it shows they got it backwards they were the collateral damage it yeah, was the but, dad who was the target but the thing that confuses me and still sort of confuses me is that she's over at this guy's house with his dad studying in a transparent negligee that's what threw me a little bit which i was it's <laughs> It's still, yeah, because if you see her like in the early Mac, Mac yeah, it show, looks like a nighty. It's like underwear. Yeah. That leaves very little. Well, to no, the I mean, what she's wearing in the tub, yeah. But, but that's what she's wearing there, too. It's really? a moo moo. They're just friendly, I guess, very familiar with this young man and his abusive father. It's like yeah. a door, man. <laughs> you don't get it. So his reason for changing up his MO is just because. Like he had to, so. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess if I'm in uncharted waters, let's fucking go with it, you know? Oh, because he killed someone who wasn't a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, okay. I, oh, this isn't an, an abusive father. Better put some you flowers know, in the bathtub. I guess we're coming up with something new, you know? Mm. I don't know. It is possible, though, that this is just a dress that, when wet, is now transparent because it's just a white, I suppose, frilly edged fabric. Yeah, whatever you want to justify to yourself, that's fine. I just can't, I couldn't let it go. I had to find it and compare. <laughs> I noticed because you can see she has a tattoo, green tattoo, which is like, a, feels like a poison ivy nod because of her connection to Harley. Mm. Yeah. And if you rearrange oh, and an flowers, ED, you get Dr. Pamela Isley. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
anagram. <laughs> Present day, Harley sees on the news that Joker has used another stolen Transformer to fry Casimeno and the Russian at the same time. At the scene, it shows that they've basically discovered a Tesla coil that he created. He's now escalating, and she's worried that he's going to hit the sold-out concert coming up the following day. Sure enough, she finds a ticket waiting on her motorcycle outside. End of book eight. All right, here we are into the final chapter. Number nine, Harley looks for any clues between the early Joker killings and the recent art murders. She wants to know, like, what is the disconnect here? What happened in between these crude, simple things and these elaborate presentations? And we see vignettes of him practicing these skills, the dismemberment and the surgery. I think it's like contract killings. Yeah, but mm -hmm. then afterward, he's experimenting on the bodies, mm -hmm. you know. Leading up to present day, because it's like five years, four years, three years, two years, and then now it's current, he's planting a bomb of some kind at the stadium. There's an early shot of him walking into the stadium, and there's yes. two guys in the foreground that's like, oh, are these the original creators of Harley Quinn? Is that why <laughs> their faces are... Someone like so this? smiling <laughs> and vivid. <laughs> Someone in the book it might be the dean or somebody has like a bruce it's like a paul tim or something yeah, on the their nameplate name yeah. yeah dean paul tim okay when you add dean to it it's just three first names that's a lot <laughs> yeah meanwhile gordon can't reach harley at all and does a wellness check at her apartment he finds john kelly plastered on her wall as a prime suspect and recognizes him immediately at the stadium joker gasses the band on stage Again, the band, not the crowd. Like, he wants the audience. Yeah. In front of a packed house, their skin melts off like Planet Terror from Robert Rodriguez. Joker steps on stage wearing a gas mask to admire his work and, you know, feel the terror of everyone in the audience. Harley runs after him, leading to a motorcycle chase. And here, I have to stop and ask why Harley or Gordon, Maddox, any of these people... Why don't they fucking shoot the guy who's standing on stage in a Christ pose like Davey Havoc? He's just standing there, and everyone's going, oh, no, yeah, and then just, you run towards him through the gas. He melted someone. Just shoot the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, this is now a shootable offense, I feel like. And so this is a bit of comic book logic right here in this yeah. moment. They're like, don't run up there to subdue him because of the gas. So maybe you could shoot him from a distance and just wait till the gas goes away. Yeah, if anything, they should have body. had... There should be something written in here of like, well, we can't get close. We have to do this. And then he sneaks away. That's poly blah, 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 blah. Clearly ignitable by any source of ignition. <laughs> we can't fire into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look at the crowd. There you well, go. yeah, if Joker was using it as a poisonous smoke bomb. Yes. And he used it to dip like a ninja. All right, now I'm just going to preface this last bit with a bit of a con. We are in the climax of the story, the action, the big set piece. It's all finally coming together, this big confrontation. I have one paragraph left of notes. That's a problem. Harley swipes his tire, the motorcycles. They both crash, then fight hand to hand. As she's choking him on the ground, he says, this was supposed to be my masterpiece, but it's you. You are my masterpiece. Also the first time he's smiling, which is a nice little oh. touch. Hi. Gordon catches up to them, pulls her off. Joker is arrested, and Harley is denied her retribution. 
She tells Gordon that she's done working with the cops and rides off, saying to herself or thinking to herself that Batman had the right idea, but somebody needs to step up and stop these predators for good. I'll be that person. Punisher. So, so Red Hood, again, you mentioned, you know, so again, the last words are, I will be that person. And then it's over. There's no fucking epilogue. There's no, like, my main gripe of this whole story is like, uh, it, it's over? Because uh, everything is so methodical and well thought out. Deliberately timed and space. Yes, and then we have this and yeah, no fucking epilogue, no nothing. It's just fade to black. I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. No, I um, agree with you. That's that's abrupt. Yeah. Any Easter eggs from you guys that we didn't mention? Um, I think I have quite a few actually. Uh Dean Paul Tim said that. When hey he, Dean Paul Tim, come down here and fix the regular <laughs> When young Joker is getting kicked into the art room, there's a Harley Quinn mask, a alligator oh. crocodile mask, and one that resembles his black and white face paint. Oh, cool. You're saying he's unoriginal? It inspired him. Um, I like that there's a shot in the, I think it's in the last book, showing all of his various kills over the years, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, and then somehow back to where I started, and it shows like when he was first splattered with paint, and then it shows his black and white face paint, and then it shows his current mm -hmm. Joker look, mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. The evolution right after his kill evolution. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Harleen goes to Harley goes to see the Russian at the bar, and he's reading a newspaper that says Bruce Wayne still in Himalayas, which makes sense because there's a line about Batman not being around anymore. Yeah, yeah. and so then I was thinking, I, I just couldn't remember. Like in the first in Batman Begins, the stuff with the League of Shadows is how he gets to be Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So he's gone for like I'll, seven yeah, years. I was like, like, is this like confusing the order, you know, in which he's Batman already and then he goes to <laughs> Mongolia? Doing else. Well, yeah, because yeah, he was an, already an adult when this Joker was a kid. Yeah. So this is like yeah. 10 years later. Gotcha. I don't know. I guess it's the opposite of the Todd Phillips version. Where yeah. <laughs> the age difference. Bruce Wayne is his real father. Oh, shit. You're always lording over me, that rich boy you used to date around. Bruce Wayne. There's always time for a kiss. That's from the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian? Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. When I write my notes, be like one-handed typing all my notes, and like it just makes indistinguishable garbage like and weird autocorrects so many times. Like I tried to write the and change it to BVS or I write, you know, <laughs> you like, say BVS more than the. Dude, I write Batman <laughs> things like that pop up in there so often. Like if I say something about Chris, it'll be like, you mean Christian Bale? I'm like, no, I'm just talking about Chris. <laughs> the tragic murder of my parents. Did you mean the tragic murder of Bruce Wayne's parents? <laughs> I noticed in a different scene, not in the one where he kills the girl and the two guys that he has like the Thomas Wayne book then, mm -hmm. but there's the one after all the pages of like documentation where he's like sitting in his study or something. And he has the same book yes. on his table. That's when I noticed it's it. Inexplicably a single page of the secret files or whatever it's called issue uh -huh. where there's just a meta moment of Joker sitting there reading everything. And then it cuts back to the paperwork. It's yeah. very strange. Yes. Mm. I'm taking this as like Joker's journal art pad with the with the watercolors and stuff and the yes. sketches. That's what it seems like. Well, yeah, because uh, that's got the the woman and the wolf 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah, artist. Yep. Um, and one of them Changed has the a, I feel about him. a ballerina in it. Yeah, says, it's what his art teacher said. Everyone's an artist in some way. And he's like, oh, I guess you're right. As he's sewing a mannequin arm to a Everybody Everybody deserves a gold star and a trophy nowadays. <laughs> Part, particip participation A+. plus. You see how these psychos happen, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snowflakes. This guy's actually good at stuff. That doesn't work. <laughs> um, journal page says, as we speak uh, with the devil in the pale moonlight. Oh, shit. Yep. I'm surprised you didn't see that. Like I said, I didn't read them this time. Yeah. I, <laughs> it took me many, many hours to take these notes yesterday. <laughs> Cover to number six, The Variant by Jason Badawer, has uh, Harley up on like a rooftop. I wondered if this was going to come around in the story, and it didn't, but she's like, oh, I don't know, yeah, forceps, yeah, yeah. Uh, red, bloody pipe. I like that we got to see Black Canary. It's not really an Easter egg, but that was neat. Yeah, yeah, I almost wrote that down, but I was like, I mean, she's pretty... If it was just on the ticket, Easter egg. Yeah. But no, she actually like performs and walks right up to the camera, basically, yeah. Yeah. to the point of view. Right place, wrong time. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the opposite, but for him, it's not mm -hmm. the opposite. It's like, oh, I wish I could kill you too. Well, yeah, I was confused by that at first because I was like, does that mean she's going to... Nope, she didn't pop up again, so I don't know. At the concert in particular, the headliner is a band named Event Horizon, and mm -hmm. I love that movie. Uh, I was wondering about that. Horror Who's film. in that movie? Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Huh. Dude, it's so awesome. Classic horror Yeah, movie. you That's probably wouldn't like it, but it's, it's really movie. freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, he's Damien, right? He's adult Damien, or he's somebody else? Damien Wayne, the omen? Adult. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Guys, guys, would you get off my back for a minute? <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. This thing at the concert is Joker's magnum opus. Mm -hmm. And he says that multiple times. In my mind, like, that's your greatest creation, never yeah. to be topped. You probably won't do anything anymore after mm -hmm. that. But in the blurb when he's on stage, Harley says, the Joker will never stop hunting. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that kind of contradicts... Uh, what are you going to do now that you've done your coolest thing ever? Like Here's what it makes he'll me do think. It and he'll go... It's going to fizzle out with the murders. <laughs> so they'll be like, I liked his other murders. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, a, I'm a bigger fan of his you know, past catalog. Yeah. His early materials a lot. There was a, it's more honest. Yeah. I think it was on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Paul McCartney was the guest. It's like, you got this new album out. I think it was Egypt Station or something. And, and he's like, man, it's so good. He's like, you know, do you still feel that way? Like when, you know, an artist finished their album like oh man i'm so excited about this this is like my best work ever and uh he's like you know do you still get that feeling after all these years and he goes uh i don't know if you know this about me jim but i was in the beatles <laughs> <laughs> so when you're when That's you're saying awesome. like is he just gonna stop working i'm like well not necessarily but you could still be like i mean that back in the day though that was yeah. the shit you could uh <laughs> trade on that for a while yeah remember all those people i killed and got away with it yeah <laughs> so i'll do it for like ten thousand bucks whatever <laughs> no he'll he'll be the fucking um the guy from the first season of mindhunter who's like he loves the interviews because he loves the attention um, and he's now he's the fucking expert guy who gets the, oh yes you come mm, to me glean all the yeah. insight and yeah um then lastly when we were talking about all the the info and the vision board i was zooming in on the maps and there's multiple places that are bob kane sounds mm. uh bill finger looking good chicken 
That's quick. Robert Kane Memorial Bridge. Oh, that's it. Last Easter egg. Pros. Pretty much all of this. Good. Good. Extremely consistent. It never felt like, wow, that was like the wrong thing for the mood of this story. Yeah. Everything worked to build this gloomy, dark world while still being a story that I could believe fits in a version of Gotham. Mm. Yeah. That Batman exists in this world. Yeah. It really walks Batman. the line between too real and still being comic booky. Like it's, yeah. it, mm. it does it very well. From the guy who doesn't like switching artists. Yes. Yeah, switching artists. I didn't mind this. That's good. I, I did worry about that, but I, I think that because it's done intentional and it shows you from the beginning this is what we're going to do, mm. it's a little bit easier to stomach. And well, they're all good versions, too. Sometimes the switch will be like, totally different. This is Lee Bermejo and this is Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, throw somebody under the bus right now. This why is, don't you? Uh, no. Bill Watterson, the creator of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> Great art. Why is it here? Yeah, so sometimes they're just too different. And in this, at least they are like all quality. They're all a fairly realistic style. So it, it never yeah. is like, oh, these look like people. And this looks like a clip art from 40 years ago. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like particularly Mayhew's art, but all of it, they set a very high bar from the beginning and uh, do a, a good job to measure up to it. Mm -hmm. um, the writing is just phenomenal. Like if this was just a novel, I would enjoy it mm. yeah. uh, very, very much. And I think that, Cami Garcia is fantastic. I, when I did get to meet her briefly, you know, asking her like if there's any more of this stuff or, or you know if she has other plans. And she's like, I'm gonna start murdering people myself now. So <laughs> yeah, I don't really have. I time got a lot her. of ideas. Um, <laughs> well, she has other titles coming out that uh, she was promoting at that time. I think but, it's titles. Yeah. Right. Hey. Right. right. But no, I, like word puns. That's the I biggest crime in this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did get the impression though that there's maybe some more to be mined from this universe if given the opportunity. So I think that would be really cool. The art is the, the hardest thing. The hardest thing to do, you mean? or what do you... In, in execution, the switching off, the way oh, that uh... it does is very difficult. And again, the sort of, like none of this art being comic booky, it all having an element of realism to it. For example, if she has a new script and can't get these guys to do it, then like, okay, mm -hmm. we got to make sure we... Do this right, but you know. Ryan like, Otley will illustrate the rest. Yeah, of the yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't have you know a Jim Lee design in a book like this. It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. I, I have so. a weird hypothetical question. Maybe it can't be answered. It can't because you're wrong. Okay, so my question then. Go on. Would the art switches? This is for you, Evan. Okay, I'll shut up. Yeah, shut your fucking face yeah. for once. Would shut the, your fucking face. The, um, would the art switches have worked as well if it was the the more common? The present is color, and the flashbacks are black and white. Would it have made a difference? No, I, I don't think so. And Like if most of this book was color and we had flashbacks to black and white. I think it's fine either way. What I, what I liked was that they like served a purpose versus yeah. issue three drawn by this person, issue four drawn yeah, by this I person. It's that. because yeah. it's like, because this is the present, this is the past. Uh, when it switches later, then you have the one same artist and then the person who's doing the color stuff now looks a lot like the colored version of the other person's stuff where mm -hmm. it looks kind of watercolory and loose or something. So no, I I don't think it would make a difference if it was flipped and I like it because I liked all of their versions and the fact that they there was like purpose to it. 
not just this guy's not available for this issue or something. Yeah, it's definitely conceptual. And I think that one, it would be impossible to get Mayhew to do the whole thing and it then cost only eight million dollars. Yeah, and then only <laughs> invert four years the, <laughs> the, for the for the black and whites. But I think there is something novel about doing it this way in sort of the V for Vendetta flashback to mm. that sort of um sun kissed idyllic period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um the Halcyon way days. the way that yeah the mm. way that, that period is shown when they're when they're reading the letter that's in the wall, you know, and she's um picturing all the before times, you know. I I think it's neat to have that sort of a breather from the dour Gotham mm. yeah. in the story. You know, you could even lean into that more with the other one. Or, you know, if you if you were to make another um, you know, series for this, I think, to to drive that home. Is it meta or conceptual that Harley has a commentary about our fascination with killers while we're reading a book about a killer person? Oh, that's absolutely intentional. I think it's partially, like I said, to maybe draw a line or at least hold up a mirror as we're about to walk into this. Or a nice way to be like, I'm not fucked up. Look. Here, this stuff's bad. These people are bad. Anyway, here's this elaborate story uh, with detailed but, illustrations. But are, yeah, are we bad for I'm reading I'm about to it teach yes. you how yeah. to kill I will people. I answer the question. Yes, we are bad for yeah. reading this and enjoying it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's I do so know much bad. blame shifting. As oh, my God. I blame you. You're bad. Okay. Yeah, you're also evil. All right. Fair. You're well, as bad as the people in this book. Let's just wrap the show. That's the end. Um, all right. Fine. Cons. My con really is just the fact that it is almost not a DC story enough. Mm-hmm. It is, but it like especially the first chunk feels like this could have been anything, and it was a way to sell the story to people if you put mm. the, two of the most popular characters in DC Comics right now, you make it about yeah. them. In um, the context of our show, do you like that I am occasionally pulling these oddballs that are not the normal comic stuff? Because to me, that keeps it different we're not having the same conversations i do um, and i also like the quality of these books and yeah, the fact yeah. that they can do whatever they want that's neat i don't like that it's another fucking joker harley story give me a blue well, beetle you know blue beetle is gonna be popular <laughs> soon i, I, I mean, some of that? I wonder that. year one that's a joke when i say that and that's not a joke Batgirl year one's a good story yes Let's read that yes i do want to do some background we've talked There's so about much that. murder in that um but like i you love murder it's your favorite uh, you know i've tried to spread out the joker stuff a lot more because I know you get tired of them after a while. It's one dimension of Batman and it's one of the most popular. But again, this has nothing to do with Batman and he's sort of the mostly off-screen guy they're chasing. And so I feel like this is entirely fresh for us. It is, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's still about... But because it has his fucking face, I don't like it. No, because it's about this guy. We keep reading about this guy. Mm. About Catman. Ted Powers or whatever his name is. <laughs> Catman. Cool. The real Catman. He taught somebody important how to fight, like Catwoman or somebody. I don't know. He's an important character, guys. He was in the JSA with Shazam, who we just watched in movies. It all ties together. I don't care about the JSA. Let me plan this stuff out. We're going to read JSA <laughs> comics from 100 years ago. And we're going to like it. <laughs> I need some rubber man in my life. <laughs> Plastic man. Plastic Man. Plastic Man is... Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, a, I'm guys. sure there's eight Sorry, fans. also. <laughs> yeah. But you're talking about the guy with the I'm sunglasses. I'm going to go outside and commit seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you. I'll, I'll chop your head yes, off. Yes, please. The pain. Bend me my second. 
Ev, do you have some cons? Uh, no. Just that I have to spend time with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I enjoyed the book, but this yeah, part just sucks. No, uh, no I, I really liked it. I have a couple. One is, is losing Mayhew. I mean, that, that was what really roped me in in the beginning and fucking like, oh my God. This yeah, what's the backstory is, there? Is this what I'm in, in for? Like, he wow. had to draw a cover and um, it took seven years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be unavailable. So that, you know how hard it is to do this? That's a little bit of a letdown. Um, book seven begins using full color to show bodies being found at crime scenes and things like that that mm. are not genuine flashbacks necessarily. Maybe it's like earlier this morning or mm -hmm. something like that and separate from our characters that I felt like should have just been continued in black and white. It broke yeah. the chain it, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it made it less special when they did it. Um, and then book eight actually cuts back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm. There will be one or two pages of Joker or Harley doing something. Like there's a one page, I think, in her apartment. I think it's after she lied and... Gordon let Joker free, right? And then she couldn't find him. So shortly after that, we're seeing a montage of Joker doing stuff and we get one page of her back at her apartment and she looks at that fucking chair that she was tied to in her living room or her kitchen or whatever and she smashes it and was like, he was right fucking here. And I'm like, we already had this scene earlier. This jumping back and forth thing is a little bit unnecessary mm -hmm. to me. They have a really good gimmick gimmick for this story that becomes less effective by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What it's like you said earlier today and that gets to be in color. It's like yeah. three hours ago. Like why? Yeah, yeah. I just don't three know about ago. that. Um, yeah, you could either keep it up or you could just drop it entirely. Now and it could just be something, yeah, it, it could just oh. be something maybe that some happened scene, earlier in the book. Some dramatic scene where she has the blood. Okay, now that's the last like big color yeah. page. Oh. You know, we didn't mention that, but there is a shot in the final the fist fight between um. the two of them at the end where she's got him on the ground and he like reaches up and smears the blood across her face. I don't know if I mentioned that we part. We didn't really talk about <laughs> it. But seeing that reminded me of sort of the blood spattered Harleen face, mm. you know, from Sejic and going like, oh shit, is she gonna, she gonna kill him and then this is gonna be her fucking origin story. And then it's like, <laughs> no, he gets locked up but this is her origin story, and she's going to... I'm like, well, I don't fucking find... I thought that was going to mean something more in the way that it was shown, and then it sort of just the fizzles out. You, wow. Usually that's... The <laughs> I'll be that person. And it's the remix. <laughs> the movie theater remix. All right, ratings from you guys. Evil. 4.5. BP Oil. 4.5. Oh, very cool. I'll just go agree with you guys. Well, I was thinking about it in comparison Because I hold it in to, high regard. We do so much, I don't remember what any of this stuff is called. What's the one we just did that was like the <laughs> Batman. Batman in Miami. No, the, that like the Batman was kind of loosely inspired by the style of the one we just did. Because I haven't edited it yet, I don't remember anything after big mirror, Nightwing. But Batman, big mirror. Batman dead and loving it. Black mirror? <laughs> no. We already did that one. The, um, the imposter. There we go. The imposter. Uh, yeah, we did do that one. This hits a lot of the same notes, but that one succeeded in making me feel like this was a Batman story the whole time. Yeah. That's like the difference between this one and that one in terms of how much I liked it or what I didn't like. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm 
not just glad, but a little relieved that you guys both enjoyed it that much because sometimes I'm like, fucking this one rules. And you're like, I don't know about that one. And especially with the art switching, I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough sell. This one rules. Sam, did you that, have a stroke? I, th- <laughs> I think <laughs> that... Do we like the same thing here? I think that when you think those things, you're processing it through your filter still. It's not, is Evan going to like this? It's totally. a thing that you like. Yeah, yeah. And then... So you need to like take yourself out of it and you need to know Ben and I well enough to know what we like. Then you can look at the thing and know if we will like it or not. Let me ask this way. But if I also the, try to shake it up in terms of what we're reading and what's been like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we've kind of done this. If it's totally new, then So yeah. I try to keep that in mind when I'm like, I like this a lot and it's totally different. Mm. And so I, I do weigh that a well, bit. Well, let me ask this hypothetical question, Sam. If the black and white thing was reverse, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was what I was gonna say. I was is, gonna cut right there. Yeah. Perfect. You can if you want. This isn't gonna be good. What I say. No. <laughs> well, what did you think about it? What made you worry besides the fact that it was just different? They're like, yeah, well, oh, they're not yeah. gonna like this, or maybe they won't like this because. Yeah. Why? Why did you? Was think there that some we specific like element to it? Not necessarily. I just I've got it wrong before. That's right. You know. And, uh, that's right. <laughs> that's the correct well, answer. All leading up to Finally, this. Finally, yeah. he <laughs> plan more. <laughs> no, not really. I just, to me, the point of this show is that we get to enjoy stuff together. Yes. You know, so. 100%. Um, Expose ourselves to new when things. When will we do that? <laughs> when do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Is that season three? <laughs> All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you tap the five-star rating and uh, drop a sentence or two review. Let us know what you like about the show. Maybe something that stood out or made you laugh. I want to shout out my good friend, Dunk. He goes by Everything Batman 219 Last month was TorpedoCon down in L.A., and he was kind enough to take my Criminal Sanity Volume 1 that I had signed by Cami Garcia. This is a Mike Mayhew variant, and he had Mike sign it for me as well. So shout out to Dunk. I appreciate that. We recorded this months ago. It just happened to line up in this way. We will return with another Batman film that makes me angry and is funny to listen to. So stay tuned for the Lego Batman movie.